0: Alrighty, guys, it is time for us to discuss Moon Knight episode three. We are now halfway through the series. So we are starting to get a little bit more tension as it relates to the major climax. But at the same time, I'm just as confused as I was during episode one. And um, we may be getting a new alter. So there's a lot to discuss. Katie, why don't you take us away? Yeah. Yeah. You you take it away, girl. You go. No, I'm really glad
1: you brought that up because I thought it was just me. And I was I was watching the episode with my significant other and I was like, oh, wait. And he's sitting there. He's like, what? What? I don't get what's going on. I was like, well, there is supposed to be a third altar in the comics. So I was like, are we getting Jake? So I'm glad you pointed that out because I thought it was just me. Because when you watch with someone who's not necessarily as involved in like maybe some of the comics and background you just think you're going crazy when you bring something up and you're just like wait this could be this <laughs> and then they're like what and you're like never mind i'm going to backtrack <laughs> so yeah okay i'm glad you
0: i'm glad you grabbed that that and the uh subtle little slip in of magic i heard that i got so excited i was like yay that is our first tie not that i was like waiting for this because i think we've talked about how excited we were to kind of break away from the feeling of needing to tie ourselves so tightly and deeply with the larger MCU. But I'm not gonna lie, it didn't feel forced. It felt like it worked in the context, and it added something. And so I wasn't upset by it. I was like, yes, we are getting a reference to the larger MCU that puts us there and places us there, but also I think shows that Madripoor is going to be more and more important as we move forward, because now it's been in two shows, not just one property. So I'm excited about that as well, because I think that location has a lot of potential and a lot of storylines that could come out of it. So I was excited of all the references in the world that they chose Madripoor to be it. No, I was too. And I think
1: it was really done subtly, because I think had you mentioned Sokovia, had you mentioned something, even any of the New York battles, I mean, those are major things that obviously took place in the Avengers timeline. But something so small as Madripoor, it's like, you don't need to tie that to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It just was the show that introduced it to us. But you don't need to look at it and now be like, oh, are these two franchises connected? No. Because the location of Madripoor is is essentially a lawless place that you know, anything is possible. And yes, we were introduced to it in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but we didn't even get everything that goes on in Madripoor during that show.
0: No, because isn't the kingpin a big player there? So, like, theoretically, like, not officially announced in the MCU or said in the MCU, but theoretically, it's also connected then to Hawkeye as well. Exactly. But that's what I mean. Like, you could look at it from both ways and
1: be like, oh, maybe. But also you can look at it and say, this location is a meeting point, clearly, for these shows, but not necessarily because, oh, Bucky and Sam were there. Oh, Kingpin, who then was in Hawkeye, was there. You don't have to look at it that way, and that's why I think it was done very well, and it fits very well. Because like I said, it's a lawless place. Obviously, kind of everything goes. It's a mess. You got a lot of power shifting hands a lot there. So it makes sense when you're talking about the black market to have a hand in Madripoor. Absolutely.
0: But yeah, going back really quickly to Jake... I know we talked about maybe in our predictions episode or the first, our episode about the first episode of Moon Knight. We talked about how, you know, all of the promos, it was really Steven and Mark, and you only really saw two versions of Moon Knight. So one representing obviously each Steven and Mark. And so I think we had kind of surmised that we were not going to see Jake. So I think it's interesting that They chose to keep him under wraps until now, and now all of a sudden he's coming up. I think that's really interesting. I was seeing online, people were talking about it, which I was, you know, going through Twitter before hopping on here, and I'm so glad I did, because I was like, kind of to your point, Am I crazy? Like, is it real? Am I imagining that? Am I reading too far into it? Is it Conchu? Like, but then I was seeing people talking about, oh no, like Jake's coming. And someone hypothesized that obviously Stephen is like so totally anti-violence. And then there's Mark who's like violent, but restrained. Like as we saw with the young man who he holds over the ledge, like he clearly does not want to take that step. It's Conchu who pushes him. But then they were saying that Jake is just, absolutely brutal like he holds nothing back so that's interesting I know people have said who have seen kind of I think one through four however many screeners are out now they've said that four is like a big turning point for the show and there's like, like it's a really big deal so you know I think introducing Jake in three or at least hinting towards Jake's arrival in three is getting us closer to whatever is that major thing in episode four because I think he's involved. I also think it's interesting talking about the multiple alters, the idea that Steven has been battling DID for a long time. It has, sorry, not Steven, Mark, has been battling DID and, and thought he had it under control until something happened. I think it has to do with Layla's father, but I'm sure we'll get into that in a second. But then he knows about Steven, but he does not know about Mark. So he like clearly does not have it as under control. Jake, he does not know about Jake. This is difficult. So clearly he does not have it as under control as he thought. Either that or it's like getting worse because now there are more alters that are trying to fight for control of his body. Well, you said a lot you
1: went from like four different things. And I'm like, wait, what was I even going to say about the first one? And I got to take my step back mentally. No, I definitely as soon as they were kind of doing the whole, it wasn't me. And then Mark's like, well, it wasn't me. Because I think what shocked me was, we came into Mark being and this was definitely a primarily Mark episode, we came into his altar. And he was mid like, stabbing someone which obviously like I had a slight shock factor because I was like Steven my Steven? yeah <laughs> and you know he did too he was like Steven what are we doing and Steven's like bro i don't know like and i think the interesting thing is you kind of brought up too how mark's aware of his did however What's interesting is we still have not gotten a full confirmation of who is who, like who is the actual main person and who isn't, because it feels like every time we're like, oh, it's Steven, it's like, oh, but Mark's been aware of blah blah blah. But that's not saying that maybe Mark was, you know what I mean? Like one altar can very much be more aware than the other, whether or not he is the main altar or not. And then, you know, we'll see things with Mark and it's like, oh, but it makes more sense. I mean, Mark was married and all sorts of other things. But then again, Stephen held the job down, and he did everything like a normal citizen did, and had no clue. So, it's definitely interesting. I like that you brought up, too, on top of it, Layla's father. Uh, I definitely think that is likely a splitting point for at least where either Mark was created or Stephen was created. I'm assuming Stephen is the created alter.
0: I actually think—sorry, I you just— brought something out in me so i know last week davis subbed in for you and so he and i talked about how we also believe that mark is kind of the primary the original if you will going back to that really quickly we our reasoning was that mark is married yeah and like how do you hide that from your significant other but it turns out he actually was like however he was controlling the did or managing it he was able to hide it from Layla, which is crazy because he admits when they're on that boat that he had it when they were married. So that was, like, just something that I was like, oh my god, one, we are totally wrong, but two, like, that's crazy that you hid such an intense mental illness from your spouse. Well, it's still
1: very possible, and I still, I still stand by, I think, Mark is the main, primarily because Steven has no clue of Layla, and... Clearly, their history goes very far back. I think they mentioned quite a few years at one point. I think it was during the second episode. So to me, that strikes me more as Mark definitely what is the main and Stephen was created. And I think this goes back to even our predictions episode. I know I was mentioning one of the things with DID is usually it's a traumatic experience that almost forces the mind to create like a safe person. And it would make a lot of sense for Stephen to be that safe person, while Mark is the person who's doing all these violent things and witnessing all of these things that are definitely traumatic events, whether or not they're at his own hands or not, you could still have great amounts of trauma. So it would make a lot of sense for Stephen to be the person who was created to be, you know, someone to run, like almost that little island escape when he is Stephen. Stephen is a goldfish lover i mean like he's a cute little bean and i think you can definitely see that variety and i know even you were saying then they're theorizing with jake being even more extreme which is really interesting and especially really interesting for him to be coming out now more than anything when it seems like steven and mark are kind of i don't want to say coming together because they're not. They're learning to collaborate. Yeah, and Steven's pulling Mark away from the deeper end, which is ironic because if the deep end is Jake, well, we're only going to get further down it.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. I want to circle back really quickly to what you were saying about Layla and her dad because I went off on a tangent. I was trying to make a point about that. But I don't know in my head that it makes sense that her dad's death or his murder— was the split point for Steven? Because it sounds to me like Mark and Steven have been sharing a body for quite some time. Like, if they were sharing a body when he and Layla were married and like actively married, because it sounds like they've been separated for a while. So I'm talking like living together, all that stuff. It's kind of hard for me to think that Steven doesn't predate the death of her father. So I guess in my head, it kind of makes more sense for Steven. I'm sorry. Now there's so many of them. <laughs> For Jake to have been the one who splits off because of what happens to Layla's father, which kind of goes in line then with Jake's more violent and brutal tendencies. If Mark did happen to witness something very brutal and awful, and then he made a deal with Conchu, who obviously likes the violence, and that's where Jake came from.
1: I agree with half, but I'm gonna refute the other half. I agree with the second half of what you just said, which just ended with. However, my brain cells were thinking more of Mark may have a responsibility behind Layla's father's
0: death. Oh, I don't doubt that he might. I think he does.
1: Yeah. My thought process is, I mean, obviously, even, I was assume that was Layla's mother that we saw in this episode. And it sounded like, obviously, I mean, she's giving her a fake passport and stuff. They're clearly into things that are not fully legal. And it wouldn't be surprising, because keep in mind, Mark, prior to Moon, like the Moon Knight, or being Moon Knight, to what I got from the second episode, is a mercenary in general. He's a known mercenary. Prior to, like I said, even having the suit, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if maybe Layla's father ended up on his radar and he is the person who took him out for whatever dealings there had to do. I mean, to be fair, how many times do parents, in especially in the MCU, not share information with their children when they're doing something sketchy. Odin. We're talking about you, Mrs. Bishop. Oh, I was saying Odin. <laughs> Odin just being like the father of all fathers.
0: I mean, take your pick!
1: Yeah, well, but exactly. So, you know, it's very possible he was further into things that, that we're not really exposed to, and unfortunately Mark was hired to take him out.
0: I actually could see, and this is just getting really granular for a second, but I could see a storyline being where You know, Layla talks about how she steals these relics because they were stolen already. And then she tries to essentially, what's the word, like preserve them in a way, like try to bring them back to where they belong. I would not be surprised if there was some sort of storyline about her father maybe starting out that way, but not necessarily being as pure of intention as she is. Like, how many times did we watch, Kate Bishop's a great example, of a child who really adores and, and looks up to their parent only to find out that they're not the person that they think they are or not the person that they seem. So I think I could see that storyline playing out for Layla in relation to whatever got her father murdered, be it by Mark's hand or not.
1: Yeah. Well, my, my theory running with it being by Mark's hand would be explained to me, like, that's kind of where the two ends met in my brain is like that would explain why Stephen was kind of created because just because it happened while they were together or maybe even prior to them being together doesn't mean that he didn't stay with Layla and, you know, had Steven present during that time. But Layla obviously doesn't know Steven, and to your point, Steven's very clearly been hidden from her before. So it's hard because I think the first episode was amazing throwing us in. I liked that it wasn't, oh, let's get to the point – it was we're in the middle of something, we have no clue what's going on, we're just as confused as Steven. I really loved that. And I know we were discussing this right before we started recording, my biggest issue right now is I'm still so confused, because we're we're building on top of foundation that I don't have the other half of. We never got the rest of the explanation, and when you have a character who has DID, so instead of having just Moon Knight, (laughs) we have you know, Stephen. We have Mark, and we might have Jake appearing,
0: and Mister Knight. Oh yeah, but Mister Knight is is Stephen as right, but it's like another, it's another version, really. If you're looking at Moon Knight and and Marcus, like they're they're obviously the same person, but like it's they're Moon Knight and Mister Knight are still two different, if you will, say superheroes.
1: Well, yeah, I was just more so saying it in the sake of like Moon Knight, the superhero, and we don't just have Moon Knight. And so when you have all these different altars going on, it's already confusing enough. And then we don't really know who's past the lines where. So I definitely, now that we're halfway through, I'm looking for a little bit more explanations going forward. Because I feel like we're opening a lot of doors. um, And I haven't closed almost any. I mean, I think my burning question from the get-go was, who is the main, like, person? (laughs) And I still don't know.
0: (laughs) And I just want to know, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I think, too, we talked about how we thought in episode two, it would be more about Mark, and we would get more about Mark, and then that kind of, two was actually more of a transition episode from Steven to Mark, mm-hmm. and I don't disagree that we got more Mark in this episode, but I don't think we got the deep backstory that I think we thought we were gonna get, or kind of needed, because, quite frankly, like, not to be rude to Stephen, because he's a sweetheart, but... He, his backstory doesn't matter. It does not directly relate to the events of the show. Right. Like, Steven was just living his normal life like you or I do every single day. Mark, on the other hand, is, like, his backstory is the reason this is happening. So I was really looking forward to getting that context and that history behind Mark and understanding more about him and also his relationship to Konshu. And I don't feel like we got that this episode. So that was a little disappointing because I was, to your point, I was like, can I get a little more information here? Like, I don't really know what's happening. Like, I understand the main conflicts and I see what's happening. I see how that's progressing, but I do need a little bit more understanding about the interrelationships on the good guy side because it's very confusing, especially when you're talking about Mark, Stephen, Layla, Khonshu, you know, Layla's dad, how do all of these people, like, come together? Because clearly something happened that kind of set this all in motion outside of Arthur. So that's where I really want the information from. No, I agree. And then
1: on top of that, this episode started to build the whole, like, a Layla narrative more with her dad, with the comment of Madripoor, with her, like I said, assumed mom. So definitely it's like, okay, if we're going to build on here, I do need more of an explanation on what's still going on with Mark. So it's just a lot of layers going on. And like you said, I, I definitely am following the Arthur line. I get that. I am here on what's going on forward. But I think even from the first episode, it was like, okay, well, clearly Mark is tuned into what Arthur's doing. How? What got him there? How, like did
0: Conchu? then I want to understand the whole Arthur and Conchu issue I was just gonna say that too I totally agree I want to know yeah like even that monologue that he has in the last scene of the episode where he's talking to the statue and he's saying you brought me to this when I am successful it's really because of you because you pushed me to this point I want to know what did he push him to do that literally broke him because maybe he's gonna do that to Mark. Heck, maybe, you know, we can obviously see that Mark is the preferred owner of the body in Conchu's mind. Like, he clearly has no love for Steven. But like, if Jake's more brutal, who's to say that Conchu isn't just gonna be like, you know, you should let Jake be in the driver's seat all the time, because he can do what I want. He doesn't push back. Mark even pushed back putting that kid over the ledge. And Conchu was like, he'll talk, it'll be fine. Khonshu is constantly pushing him to be more violent and be more brutal. And like, restrain himself less and so if he finds out there's an altar that can do that like I'm almost concerned about like what that will look like in a moon Knight form
1: well and then on top of that they talk about Contra being banished which I think is a development that we don't fully like it, maybe it was a throwaway line but I know they were talking about it's Amit who's who. okay is the one that Arthur is trying to raise they talk about her being put into the tomb and everything and they get we get that and maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention but I believe this is the first time I'm really hearing that Khonshu was banished I
0: it's not I know he didn't like the gods I think Stephen sorry when Arthur was talking to Stephen last week he does make a mention that he was following a god that had been banished okay because I think one thing that Davis and I talked about last week just as a quick recap is they talk about the Aeneid or aeneid I'm so sorry I know I'm butchering that name, but it's that pantheon of gods that Steven mentions at the beginning on the poster in the first episode, and he says, Oh, there's supposed to be nine, but there's seven. My thought process is the two that are missing are Kanshu and Ami because they were banished from the gods. Like they were no longer part of the pantheon. Okay. So that's kind of where I was and that was based on Arthur's comment and then kind of further reinforced based on the events of today's episode. Okay. I might I
1: might have just missed that in the time of me watching it, but we went a little more in-depth with it, and I think we definitely need to kind of break down the gods aspect of it, because that was a
0: lot as p and i I think i got such percy jackson vibes and i think that partially might be because he was cast this week and obviously we've talked about how i did not get percy jackson vibes at all (laughs) oh i was just thinking like the whole idea of like the gods being real having their temples like that sort of like gods on earth type thing like that was where i was going with it and again it might just be because he was cast this week that it's like so top of mind for me but i was like Oh, like, I was imagining the avatars kind of in the place of, like, the kids at Camp Half-Blood, like, kind of that whole godly... Oh, you, like,
1: really went deep into this thought process, and I didn't see this at all, and I just reread the books.
0: I'm (laughs) just saying that there were
1: some parallels for me. (laughs) I think you're falling down a deep hole, and you need to back it up. (laughs) Whatever. It's fine.
0: I will stand by it.
1: But, no, I thought it was pretty interesting, and I think this is something to touch on, especially because gods aren't new to the mcu and i think this was something we said even back in the predictions episode which god was like four five weeks ago blows my mind but then again morbius happened in the middle of that and that just (laughs) that just blocked everything out when that happened but i know like we mentioned you know this isn't the first we've heard of gods and we obviously have thor and i think a lot of times thor can be very looked over as being a god because oh we're like the god of thunder but no, he is, it, like, it, and maybe this is because Thor, the, like, the first Thor is not a heavily rewatched film. But if you, like, watch that film back, Eric is literally sitting there and he's looking through a Norse mythology children's book, explaining who Thor is, who Loki is, the Bifrost, all of that. Because he's like, these stories are from when I was young, this is just myth, blah, 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 blah. So this is not the first we've seen gods. However, this is the first that we're seeing them in this way, especially. And it's really intriguing because I think this has always been, and not to get into like a whole religion study, but I think it's always been about so many different civilizations have always worshipped different gods. I mean, you have some that overlap, like the Greeks and Romans, versus you have ones that are very different. I mean, even now to today, you have people who believe in Jesus, believe in anybody else, whatever. And so I think it's interesting because now we're having them – we're getting more proof of multiples existing at once. And it's like, how does this impact each other? How do the Norse gods impact the Egyptian gods that are now present? And are we going – I know in the comics, Zeus exists. Mm -hmm. You know, are we eventually going to get a Zeus down the road? Well, there's your Greek mythology. So I definitely think it's interesting because I'd like to understand – and we have Thor Love and Thunder coming out in only a few months – to start to get okay, how do these Egyptian gods who are very present today, obviously they're not in their own forms, they have their avatars as they call them, which I just got a quick say. I love that in the very first film or very first episode, Steven keeps calling back Avatar, but he was talking about the blue People film, but now like they call them avatars, so i thought I thought that was really well done. It was just like a little like little sprinkling and we had no clue, but I think it's really interesting to kind of. Think outside that box of how are these bigger beings impacting each other? Yeah,
0: I also thought it was so interesting, and I was just thinking about this as you were talking, but, like, the idea that, like, the Norse gods, the Asgardians, they consider themselves, like, rulers over Midgard, right? Because, like, it's one of the Nine Realms, and they ruled the Nine Realms, and blah, blah, blah. We've all heard the spiel, we know what it is, I'm not going to rehash it. But the Egyptian gods basically were like, hands off, we're done with humanity, they're going to do what they're going to do, and that's kind of where the conflict then comes in with Khonshu, but I just think it's so interesting how they took such radically different approaches to, like, their relationship with humanity. Yeah. And that was something that I was like, oh, interesting.
1: Yeah, and, and like I said, that just draws back to even... is in a way to not step on each other's feet, too. I just, I really want to... <laughs> now I'm, like, in that place where I'm like, does Thor know of Khonshu? Does he know of all these other gods? Because, like I said, they're not walking among us like Thor does. He just shows up on Earth, and he's just like, hey, like, what's good? But these gods don't. They, ha- I mean, they have their avatars, and that's that's a similar thing, but it's not them, you know? So it's really interesting... And I I would love to know the bigger repercussions of these gods. Obviously, you have people who seemingly from all over the world are these avatars. So I'd like to know the process too. What's the application process like? How do we how do we go about becoming one of these? Because they're clearly global. Um. Well, I know at least the Norse gods. Whoa. The Norse gods are quite literally much more than that. Asgard is true to what it is in mythology, and it is out there in its own little thing and everything. But the Egyptian gods are to Earth, but global. And so I'd like to just, I want the background of that. I feel like I need, like, a pamphlet to follow along. Then I'm like, okay, so this is what's going on here, and this is
0: what's going on here, and now I get this, you know? Yeah, for sure. I also feel like I just need to do, like, a deep dive back into, like, Egyptian mythology. I feel like I would be really helpful, because even when they were talking about They were naming the different gods and essentially doing a roll call. I was like, there's one name here that I recognize. I want to understand who are you? What are you the god of? What are your powers? What do you look after? I also, this is just a side note, as we're talking about just gods in general. The MCU, I think, is moving in a way that is so, it's like getting so powerful. Like to the point of like Thanos essentially looks like nothing compared to what we've seen in phase 4. Like he's a large purple alien and he had a bunch of pretty stones on this gold glove. But what is that in comparison to an Egyptian god? Heck Thor almost pretty much beat him. He's a god. So like god won. then we have Egyptian gods, another god instead of gods, and then we have celestials which while not gods are arguably just as powerful if not more given their like ability to travel through space and devour entire planets so we're starting to look at these beings that are just so much more powerful and just to get kind of meta about the whole mcu in general it makes it hard for me then to go back to a hawkeye and be like this has stakes now because it's not, you know, related to a God or in space or whatever, have you?
1: Yeah, I mean, my thing with it all, and this is not the first time this conversation's come up, and it won't be the last, is when you have all these varying people, it's like, how are you connecting any of them? Um, And I know this was a conversation with the Eternals. I know this was a conversation, even with Hawkeye, because we were like, here's my little guy running around New York with Kate Bishop. And what is he sizing up with? Like, obviously, he's always had the connection with Wanda. But I'm like, what about anybody else? And so you do have Thor, who's a god. And I think they did so well during the first three phases to kind of humanize him. But now because phase four, and I'm assuming the phases after, are moving so far away from just the little, like, human being kind of vibe, they're going to really show, I, th- I think, oh, what is the word or the name of Thor the Keep? calling him something it's from the comics and i can't think of the name of it but there but it's like something thor it's an adjective <laughs> um and i can't think of it right now but it's like a pretty much a mega version of thor and that's what they keep saying he is or like who he's becoming or it is going to be something of that nature in the in the next door film To me, I'm like, okay, that's Thor being an all-powerful god. We're going to really capitalize on it. But to your point, we have Egyptian gods. We have people like Wanda and Strange. You know, we have Captain Marvel out there. We have Eternals. Like, these are very weird people for a lot of reasons. But a lot of it for, you know, I just always think about she's weird and he's fast.
0: (laughs) An apt description if there ever was one.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But these are very weird people, and I can't see them intermingling. And the further we get into Moon Knight, I'm like, I really can't see you intermingling. And even us talking about, I think, the Midnight Suns, I believe is what it was called, I'm like, I just don't
0: see you with, like, Blade, Meg. I, <laughs> like, just, and I know it happens. That I could see because, and I don't know if you've watched the Wesley Snipes Blade trilogy, but it's, it doesn't hold back. And I think what from what we've heard about the next few episodes of Moon Knight, it also does not hold back. He, I think, to me, aligns really well with Mark, the way that he was played in that trilogy. And that, to me, is like my only understanding of the character because I haven't done a deep dive yet. So I'm just solely basing it off of those films. But kind of that darkness, that sense of responsibility, because Blade has powers too. No, I don't disagree with it there. I just meant more so... This very mystical aspect is, is weird. That's fair. Although vampirism, so, you know, vampires and, and mystical, I to me, I kind of am like, all right, that kind of, that works. My, my point more so is not that I don't see the alignment with
1: the type of hero that Moon Knight is, and especially to your point with the connection with Mark, but it's just going deeper into, obviously, he's got Khonshu in his ear, and all of that kind of idea to it is definitely weird um and definitely not exactly something you'd align with someone like blade so it's it's definitely weird i have to say the whole like issue and conflict between him and khonshu that we've clearly been seeing more and more of is really interesting and i think it ties back to if I remember, the well, I do remember it correctly, but how it's said is along the lines of Mark had been dying of some sort and Kanchu saved his life and now he's in a debt to him. So I think that's kind of interesting because I'm like, does that go for everybody who's an avatar? Is everybody indebted to their god or goddess? Or like, well, how is this working? Because clearly Kanchu has no problem kind of bending rules.
0: Yeah, no, that's super interesting. And I... We definitely want to or I hope we get the opportunity to explore the relationship between Mark and Khonshu more I like watching them interact and we definitely got to do that more this time I think in the previous episodes it had really been obviously we've talked about this Mark and Khonshu and Khonshu doesn't really show his personality at all when Steven's around because he just hates Stephen like let's be real the guy is not a fan so you know there's not really like it was interesting to me to see there's a relationship and there's a rapport between Mark and Conchu. There's a sense of like, give and take, push and pull. Mark even asks Conchu like, what are we gonna do? Conchu was a little bit funny with Mark, like when he's just like, I have a bad idea. And then he goes and does something totally radical. So, you know, I enjoyed seeing almost this is gonna sound weird but like seeing Conchu's personality when it actually comes out when he's conversing with the man he's chosen to be his avatar and not the man who like came along as like an accessory that was never supposed to be in the situation yeah an extension that wasn't supposed to be there
1: yeah yeah no and i i that's definitely interesting and i think it's interesting that conchu talks about wanting layla next because from the get-go you're like well that's not gonna happen They're not going to introduce Moon Knight just to not have him after the season ends. You know? Like, Yeah. So you're like, obviously this isn't going to go on. So there's... And they constantly are talking about, you know, well, this last thing, and then I'm done. And then I'm done. But I think the need to keep Layla so far out of it is going to be what keeps him in it. Because it's the only way to keep Khonshu away from her is to continue to do his bidding.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that there's a lot of that motivation as well. I think... I don't know, it just, going back quickly to the powers that Khonshu gives Mark, and obviously the Moon Knight persona, I actually think we're not seeing enough, in my opinion, of Moon Knight. Like, I want to go see him kick some booty. I agree. This is the first time we've really gotten to see a genuine action scene with Moon Knight. I'm not talking Mr. Knight, because he had that whole thing with the Jackal last episode. You know, we got, what, 30 seconds in the first episode of him beating the crap out of a jackal before it faded to black. And now we finally get to see him in action. I was like, give me more of this. Like, I don't get me wrong. Oscar Isaac is doing a magnificent job. The whole idea that he's playing two, now possibly three different people. I mean, give the man an Emmy. Like, come on. So good. And I understand that the internal conflict is part of it. But at the same time, there's a part of me who's like, I showed up here for a superhero show. And I appreciate the character study you're doing, but can you give me a little bit more of what I came for? And also, I was promised, not that I'm, like, the person who loves violence, because honestly, that's why I stopped watching Daredevil, because it was, like, too much for me, but I was promised some, like, really no-holds-barred crap coming out of this episode, or this show, and so I think because I was, like, anticipating that, I'm like, when is it coming? Like, I want to see how they take this. I want to see how the MCU goes gritty, because daredevil i mean that was that was netflix that was not the mcu i want to see how the mcu takes this on and i haven't gotten it yet and i'm like can you please just give me some more moon knight in action like i just need it we're halfway through and he's been on screen for maybe 10 minutes max and that's including mr knight who's like float like a butterfly sing like a B.M.C. with a v like come on (laughs) you know that's not real action
1: yeah i mean i have the same point of view just for different reasons than you I just am intrigued, because going into this, I thought Moon Knight was an altar. I didn't really understand how we this was going to be played. And obviously now you see, and like with Mr. Knight, I was like, I'm not really sure why there's different versions. Like, are these all supposed to be altars? Oh, really
0: quickly, I just want to, do you think that Jake is going to have his own version of Moon Knight? I hope so, and this is going to be, like, stupid, but I'm a big neutral person. I'd love him to be
1: in, like, an all-black suit. Ooh. I think it'd be cool to show how dark he is because hear me out so i'll get back to my other points later yeah i'm sorry i was just like this is a perfect opening we have to talk about this no no you're right i've been thinking about it mr knight is stark white that is to show innocence and pureness however when you see moon knight he definitely has that he is like a gray yeah he's like that middle phase so if john, john jacob here's honestly they mentioned mad report and i was like Oh, God, screw John. Like, that's all that went through <laughs> my head. Um, <laughs> but if Jake... Yeah, okay,
0: I, I thought I said John again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's,
0: it's so hard when one saying, body is, like, three characters, and you're like, Stephen, Mark, Jake... Whoa.
1: And we haven't even actually seen Jake yet, so... But if Jake appears, I'd like to see the black, just because that's the, that's the almost pure evil. But, like, in a good way. But, like, the just so dark... And like I said, you see Moon Knight. When, yeah, he's like, okay, you look at him and you're like, that's white. But when you're really looking at him, you see he's more gray. He ha- definitely has the dirtiness to him, which to me is like a... I've seen some things. I have blood on my hands kind of idea. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd love a new suit, and I'd love for it to be black to, to show the stark difference between these these characters, and even when they're in, like, the... I don't even know what to keep calling it. The It's not like the blessing, but the suit. When they're in superhero mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when,
0: yeah, and when they suit up,
1: they all have their own version of the suit, and it still shows very much the type of characters they are.
0: Yeah, like if the suit fits their personality.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and if I, since I've seen the two different ones already, and we you even said it earlier in the episode, Mark appears to be... That middle guy, if Jake comes along. So if Mark's the middle guy, it makes perfectly sense for him to be gray. What's in between white and black when you mix them? You got gray. He's he's quite literally in the gray area. Because he's not inherently good, but he also isn't inherently bad. So I would really like to see it. Do I have any idea if it's comic accurate? No, not at, not at all. But that's the fun of it. Um, <laughs> because... I mean, going into this, I don't have a ton of research on Moon Knight. Obviously, I find out more as as the show goes on, as I do my own looking around of things. But I think it would be cool. And obviously, not everything is going to go straight to the comics, which is something we can discuss in a second, because I know there's a big <laughs> rivalry almost going on on Twitter with this show, which I don't think we've seen really with the other shows before. It's bizarre to me. Yeah. We can get that in a second, but obviously the shows take on how the shows want to take on the story, so I think it could be really cool, whether it's accurate or not, to give Jake a dark suit to show the darkness that could be within.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that could be really interesting. I think this show, in particular, has been really big on metaphors, more so, I think, than probably any of the other shows. I'm trying to think if there are any that I thought were, I mean, if you're talking like a mental image of a metaphor, like the biggest thing that comes to my mind is the bloodied shield in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say you can't not mention the Falcon
1: and the Winter Soldier.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was kind of a big deal. But I think just in terms of even the way the show is structured and like the use of the reflective surfaces, like there's so much Whereas like that's one iconic image, whereas like this whole show is like, foundationally built upon these metaphors. So I think that fits in really well with kind of the tone and the structure of the show that they've built and that they've showed us so far.
1: Yeah, and actually, since you mentioned the reflective images, I might as well just get right into it. If you are on Twitter, (laughs) you know that this show, more than anything, has had the comic book fans and has had the MCU show fans. And obviously, that's not unheard of with MCU things in general, just because The comics obviously predated everything and are the reason we are where we are with the MCU. But as I mentioned, the MCU picks and chooses, which I mean, you kind of have to. The comics are a lot and there's so much going on all the time. But we haven't had a show where people are consistently arguing every episode, which I think is interesting. And I know one of the things people point out a lot is... The reflection thing. Um, I know a lot of people on the comic side don't really love it. I think image-wise, it works for the sake of the show. However, I I personally don't love
0: it. I get it. I know why they do it. But I'm not in luck. I like it. I think for me, I because I'm going to go back to this whole metaphor idea... But it is the entire metaphor of, like, you look in the mirror and you see yourself. So, like, to the fact that Steven is a reflection of Mark and then Jake is a reflection of Mark and Steve. Like, it's, like, different aspects of who he is. So, it's, like, it's a visual representation of that. And, I mean, I've admitted, admitted a thousand times I do not follow this character in the comics. So, I'm coming at this purely from a show standpoint. So, I don't know how, you know, for example, like, Jake and... Steven or Steven and Mark converse in the comics. I don't know what that mechanism is or how that's displayed visually. But I think for a show, it makes sense to visually sh- display how they're doing it versus like voiceover. Like that's not interesting watching someone like emote over a voiceover. Like that's that's not as visually appealing. So I think you just kind of have to sometimes look at the medium and say, well, what's going to actually look good? What's going to actually entice people and when they're watching it you know no that's fair i i definitely i can tell you my problem stems
1: from something i was from the beginning looking forward to how to see how marvel did it which was the did representation obviously i don't think i need to clarify for anyone that you don't like when someone with did doesn't talk to a different alter in the mirror <laughs> um and like they talk back at least not like literally <laughs> um, but i think for me the thing was Is it definitely? And obviously, no one else sees it, and I get that. So I understand what they're trying to do and trying to show. However, I just have the issue of you can be aware of other alters. Typically, though, they're not like conversing. And even now, I think in this episode, we saw multiple times where Stephen was like, "Mark, stop!" Like you see the reflection, and then Mark, or and then Stephen is there talking to him, and that's not typically how that goes. So I think for me, it's more of like, the actual mental illness aspect of it is is definitely being played for the TV. And I I get it, I understand. But it it doesn't work in my brain, just because I'm like, but that's not, (laughs) you know, like, my brain just doesn't really work with it. And so it's, it's hard. And like I said, I know this, this is one of the arguments ongoing. So I did want to bring it up to discuss on our own platform because I love to talk about arguments <laughs> that are happening, but it's not my favorite thing. I will say that, especially because for, I thought it worked in the first episode for him starting to kind of get used to, wait, there's like somebody else inside me. What the heck? But now it kind of feels like it's all the time because every scene has a reflection somewhere Like, I thought it was cool when they were walking into the pyramid, and in the reflection, you just have Steven, like, fangirling. I thought that was cute. But then it's like, any time you see a mirror, you know there's going to be something coming up. Like, when he's tackling the guy in the street, and he pushes him against the wall, I was like, there's a mirror. Steven's gonna talk to him.
0: Yeah. I immediately was like, Steven's gonna stop him from actually being able to effectively handle the situation.
1: Yeah. So, I, I definitely... It's not my favorite part of it, my or my favorite aspect, but I do understand it for the sake of the show and for people to kind of understand things better to have them conversing literally with each other. But it's
0: just hard. Yeah, see, I don't <laughs> come at it from that more clinical standpoint because I took one semester of like intro to psych. So for me, like, I'm just looking at it from more like a fan visual perspective, and that doesn't bother me as much. Going back quickly to the the whole controversy, not controversy, but the kind of debate online between the comic fans and the movie fans, I think why we're seeing this, and this is a total hypothesis, but I think the reason is that, you know, up until this point, we really haven't introduced too many niche characters, right? Like, Eternals, I would say they're borderline niche, but
1: everybody else- But also you had Thanos, who was an Eternal, so. Yeah. Yeah. Was he? Yes. Eros is his brother, bro. Right. I guess I still
0: don't really understand how that works.
1: Oh, don't worry. My roommate and I literally had to watch an entire video about Thanos' family tree. He is an Eternal. He just has a deviant gene. And that's what shows. So he's just been ugly his entire life. Wow, that sucks. Yeah. Especially when you have Eros as your brother. Like, that really
0: (laughs) Also, like, I did not know that, like, Eternals could, like, procreate. So that's new. Uh, I'm, I, that's still a little cloudy even after watching multiple videos
1: and research just because in the MCU it didn't sound like they could because it sounded like they were essentially robots.
0: Yeah, that's what I got. I was like, I didn't know robots could have babies. Otherwise, like, Vision's kids would be, like, Vision and not, you know, Wanda's
1: creation. Yeah, yeah. Uh Yeah, so it's kind of weird because I'm a little...
0: That can be a whole... This could be a whole discussion for another day. Yeah, we're, we're not going to get too sidetracked. Going back, the Eternals are a little niche, but pretty much everybody else, you know, had their thing going on, right? Like, they weren't totally out of left field. And that's not a knock against Moon Knight at all. I love the fact that he's, like, totally out there. But I think because he is more of a niche character that doesn't have the following of... An Iron Man, or even I don't even know who else I'm gonna compare him to. Spider Man. Yes. Well, I mean, nobody compares to Spider Man. He's like the most, honestly, probably the most popular superhero, with maybe the exception of Superman or Batman. But he's a good comparison for that reason. But even I was just trying to pick somebody kind of more mid tier. But anyway, he does not have that kind of following. But I think the followers he does have, they seem to me like a proud people, right? (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. you know, people who love their character, stand by their character. And I think they were excited to have this happen. But I think there's some of that gatekeeping that happens. You know, this is my character that I followed for 10, 15, 20 years, whatever it is. And now here are all you people who only know him because of this TV show and you're coming in. I think we do it as a, as a fandom. I think it's unfortunate. I'm sure I've done it at different points as well. We're all guilty of it. You know, you try not to, but sometimes... I have. I'll openly admit to it. Yeah, I don't love it about myself, but... I mean, I'm
1: gonna say it from the get-go, and you know, and anyone who's listened to us now, I... A lot of my favorite characters are slightly... I don't want to say the word niche, but they're not like Captain America you know <laughs> yeah see I always go for the big guy so it doesn't really bother me I <laughs> see like I don't and so like no I'm in love with his sidekick <laughs> which I use that as a joke because obviously Bucky is not his sidekick but you know what I mean Or oh, even like Wanda and I was like that was my emo girl leave my emo girl alone and now everybody's like what well, not? and I'm like yes but also no <laughs> like, which is I
0: mean that is exactly it right like is that not the conversation that's happening right now so exactly yeah I mean It's kind of, I feel like it's just, it's just a part of being in the fandom. You kind of just got to deal with it. I think if you're someone like us, who is just like, genuinely curious about this character, like has no preconceived notions, we're just kind of standing back, like, things are getting heated. (laughs) Like, we don't need to be a part of this. But it's definitely an interesting phenomenon. I think, as a fandom, I kind of wish sometimes we were better at that myself
1: included no i yeah i i I can agree and uh, it definitely happens so just I, i wanted to bring up a little bit of the debate going on but i also wanted to give a heads up to people if you are on twitter trying to enjoy some memes or anybody else talking about some things in reference to moon knight just be vigilant be smart be nice be kind not to steal from harry styles but treat everybody with kindness just just putting that out there because we all are fans we all are watching the show, enjoying it, not enjoying it. I don't know. It's simply like most people are enjoying it. But you're all tired to opinions. <laughs> but, uh, and like I said, the the big debate about the reflections, that's just my two cents. I'm not against it. But it also, I think, even stemming back to you saying, you know, we need more Moon Knight. I agree. And not because I'm like, oh, I need Moon Knight. I need to see the superhero. It's just like, we got him for the last 30 seconds. Once again, we got him for the last minute. Then we got him for, like, kind of the last three minutes it's like come on let me see let me see what he can do yeah i want to see more than just like the stabby stabby punch punch like i want to like he is bestowed his power from a god give me more i want to understand
0: yeah and i actually that takes me really nicely into my final point that i wanted to bring up for the episode which is we're not going to get more moon knight because now conchu is a statue so what no
1: i was really glad okay good So I was a little confuzzled by that, because I was like, would that mean that the Moon Knight powers are gone, right?
0: And so I was like, so do we just not have... That's the assumption I'm going under, because as soon as Khonshu was starting to weaken, Steven lost the suit. Yeah. So to me, that wasn't a coincidence. That was Steven losing the power, because the god for which he works, or whatever you want to say is now entrapped in a stone.
1: Well, no, that's what I got because I was like, there shouldn't be a a Moon Knight without the god who bestows the power. So I was like, you can't make B if you don't have A kind of idea. So I'm glad that we landed on the same page there because I was unsure if I was just thinking too deeply into that. But I was like, no, this shouldn't physically be possible. Which is why I'm very intrigued about where Episode 4 is going to leave us. Because we don't have Khonshu, which means we shouldn't have Moon Knight.
0: And we might have Jake. So. (laughs) I'm actively stressed about Episode 4. Especially just like knowing what people are saying who have already seen it about like how it's. I've heard that it's like brutal, which that to me says Jake is in the building. So I think we've got like unofficial official confirmation that Jake is coming.
1: And to be fair, episodes four are usually hard or like the ones that fall right around four, because I know for WandaVision, it was like about eight episodes. It's a little different, but around that idea, so around there six, it was the same thing. Those are the ones that you hit. And I'm pretty sure episode four was... The whole issue with John, you know, Killy Killy, or it was... I was going to say, wasn't that the S.H.I.E.L.D. episode? It was either the S.H.I.E.L.D. episode or the one afterwards, which is just as powerful. Especially the beginning, because if it is, if that part is episode five, then, then we have the lead up to the battle. But that's typically how the shows have been going, where episode four will really kind of screw with you. It'll add that twist. It'll put us in a weird spot. And then episode five will get us ready for that final bit. And then, then we get episode six, unless you're Loki, and then it just moved backwards and just fell apart. You're so mean. No, but as we know, episode four is typically, for most of the shows, one of the, it's kind of like the almost climax, but not quite there, but we're getting ready for it, so we're going to have It's a big the, shift. Yeah, we're going to have the poop hit the fan, have five prepare us for the rest of the poop hitting the fan, and then six. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm ready. I think it's gonna be a mess, and I'm ready for that, you know? Like, I'm ready for explanations. I'm ready for Jake to make an appearance. They obviously need to free
0: Conchu somehow, because he's not gonna not suit up as Moon Knight for the rest of the show. Oh my god, I would be so sad if all we got was 30 minutes of Moon Knight screen time in six episodes. And they're long episodes, too. Like, not that I'm complaining, but, like, in comparison to some of the other shows that have done the 35-40 minute episodes... These have been pretty consistently 50-55 minutes. You're talking almost 6 hours and the titular superhero is only on screen for 30 minutes? Like, that seems a little off to me. So I'm hoping he comes back. Yeah, there's definitely no
1: way that that won't. So it's it's just going to be very intriguing to see where we go if we get Jake in the next episode. I'm assuming if 4 is going to be the chaos it's said to be, we probably will. It makes a lot of sense, too. But it'll be interesting, because like I said, I hope we get a lot more backstory, which starts to put together some of these pieces that we've been getting.
0: Agreed. I think it'll help bring the whole show together. I think those are just the pieces we need to, like, really move forward into what's going to be, I'm sure, an epic five and six. Yeah. Amazing. Well, those are all the points that I wanted to hit today. How are you feeling on your list of talking points, Katie?
1: I think I'm feeling good. I think I'm ready for another episode already. Although, to be fair... My travels allowed me to watch the second episode
0: yesterday, so I'm feeling like, oh, nice! I get another one. No, I have to wait a week. <laughs> yeah, this weekly release schedule thing—it's—it's it's tough versus binging.
1: Yeah, for sure. For for a generation who, yes, maybe we grew up initially on having to wait every
0: week, but I would say for the past what seven, eight years, we have had streaming. Yeah. I was literally just saying, like, Disney's bringing back appointment viewing, like, the idea that now, like, an entire fandom, and soon with Obi-Wan Kenobi coming out on Fridays, an entire fandom sits down on a Wednesday, and they know that's what they have to do. Not have to, you know. That's appointment viewing on a Wednesday, and then another entire fandom is gonna have appointment viewing on a Friday, and anybody who's a fan of both is gonna have appointment viewing on Wednesdays and Fridays, like... Disney's, like, bringing back the idea that, like, you have to sit down at a specific time and say, I'm gonna watch a show. But it's done very well. Because, to be honest, it's not, it's not like... Oh, agreed. It's not a complaint. Yeah, I mean, it's not like on
1: regular TV if you have cable and you're like, oh, the show's on at 8. I turn it on eight ten. I missed the first ten minutes. Now what's going on? When's the when's the rerun? Now I gotta find the rerun. Oh, brings me back to a childhood that TV wise I do not miss. I know, me too. Me
0: thinking about like Wizards of Waverly Place, and I'm like, no, where's the rerun? Or like, no, like having to like run to the bathroom. Like, you know, have you seen that meme online where they're like, today's kids will never know the stress of like running back from the bathroom and your sibling saying, it's on, it's on. Yes. Like literally, that was us. Yes. growing up. So at least we don't have to do that. We can pause and just be like excuse me while I use the restroom I mean I will never forget there was so to get to get into
1: our lives a little bit <laughs> back in 09 our parents were looking for a new car we were car shopping and naturally at that age we were dragged along because we were young enough that we were not to be left at home alone <laughs> and there was a Sweet Life of Zach and Cody crossover event on at eight. Oh, I remember <laughs>
0: this. Ah! You <Really? laughs>
1: This is a core memory of us staring at the clock in the car as our parents drove around dealerships because we were like, if we stare, the clock goes slower, and we should get home in time because we couldn't miss the crossover event. Like the next generation doesn't get this. No, no. Today's kids will never know. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> You know, this was my life, you know? I had to sit here, and I was like, well... Or the, I remember my Saturday morning cartoons back when I was a morning person. <laughs> oh, well, 7 o'clock, I've got Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, 7.30. <laughs> I remember that every And week. I sat on the TV for and an hour, hour and a half. Little Einsteins was on. That was in the... Yeah. Stop. I love Little Einsteins.
0: <laughs> well, listeners, if you ever wonder what it was like to be us growing up, now you know. <laughs> <laughs> just a snippet. Just a little bit. Uh Amazing. Well, it was a good episode of Moon Knight. Yeah. We're moving forward. We're getting more intensity. Episode four, I mean, we may be screaming next week, so I'm going to save my voice, but looking forward to it very, very much. If you are also looking forward to it, you should give our podcasts a press on the subscribe button so that you know when we are covering episode four in all of its glory. You can find us on many of the major podcasting platforms, including now Pandora, which is awesome. So if you're a Pandora fan, you can check us out there. You can also follow our blog, which has lots of great supplemental content and things that we forgot to say or needed to be corrected about when we were talking live. On this recording. Because we don't always think before we speak. (laughs) This is true. I do my best while editing, but, you know, some things just can't be removed without it being a total mess. (laughs) And last but not least, you can find us on Spotify at the link in the show notes where we have our own page with playlists for each of the different shows, be it Moon Knight, Loki, whatever it is. And you can binge our episodes of those shows there, as well as one playlist for all of the music in all of the MCU that's available on Spotify. Side note, I know people are saying this. I totally agree. The music for Moon Knight is so good. So good. Continuing.
1: (laughs) Also, make sure to follow the Twitter, as I was talking about earlier. It's Let's Talk MFT. We try to stay out of the beef, so (laughs) don't worry about that for us. But we are always retweeting and liking information about Marvel, memes, just other theories, along with sharing our own And also all of the new blog and episodes are always up there when they come out, or at least on the day they come out, since I'm not always great at that. But they are always at least on there the day they come out, so you can always be sure to see them there so that if you want to just click from there, not a problem, you definitely can. And with Moon Knight here and us not that far away from MOM, I hope y'all got your tickets. I don't know if y'all said this on last week's podcast, I wasn't here, but I hope everybody got their tickets. Marvel just blew your mind, so let's talk about it.